0: All right, John chapter eight all right we're going to talk tonight about a lion spirit. Uh, we've talked about all kinds of spirits. I don't think we've talked about a lion spirit except just in passing, but we're going to kind of focus on it here tonight all right John eight let's read verse forty four Bible says here Jesus talking said to these. Uh, Scribes and Pharisees and all them, ye are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now that's Jesus talking. He told us straight out just how it was. The devil is a liar. When the devil is talking to you, he is lying to you. Just remember that. That is a fact. I'm gonna read a couple more verses and then we'll get started here. But Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses nine and ten. The Bible says this. Just notice what we're talking about. The devil's a liar. We're gonna talk about a lying spirit. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. With all power and signs and lying wonders. Who's it talking about? It's talking about the Antichrist. Yeah. And what's he got in common with the devil? He's a liar. After the working of Satan and lying wonders. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. He's deceiver, he's a liar, and it works. It works for him. Revelation chapter 20 verse 10. This is where he's end. This is where he's going to end up. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. The Bible says that all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. I've always said this, and I really do believe it, this is, uh, this is something that needs to be worked on in children from the time they can get, uh, communicate, because mm-hmm. they're going to be lying, they're going to be trying to lie. And we've already talked about this, but I mean, why do they do that? Because they're hardwired to do it? No. No. Because there's a lying devil. And he has plenty of spiritual helpers. They're all liars. That's how it happens, folks. It's a spiritual battle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's rule number one to understanding any of this. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. This is not a flesh and blood thing. This is a spiritual thing. Now, Satan is a liar. And He's the father of it, Jesus said. He's the father of lies. That means He is the father of all lies. God is truth. God tells the truth. God cannot lie, the Bible tells us. But the devil can't tell the truth. If he uses truth, it's in, the, it's, it's in an effort to deceive you. The devil, can. he's willing to use truth if he can deceive you with it. He's all about trying to get you deceived, to lie to you and get you to accept it. When you accept the lie, you're deceived. That's what deception is. It's, a, it's acceptance of a lie. It's when you swallow it. And it becomes a part of you and how you think and what you believe. You're deceived. Lying and deceiving is the devil's strong suit. It's his main tool and, it, and it's his main weapon against the kingdom of God and the souls of men. Every sin is preceded with a lie. Every sin starts with a lie, without exception. Every sin starts with a lie. Uh, a lie is what makes that which is forbidden desirable. You hear me? Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. We go there often because it is just the grounds of it all. It shows us the very beginning of this whole thing of the devil working in the first man and woman. And what happened here. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired. See? See? to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. So, that was the only thing forbidden, that one tree. They could eat of every tree of the garden but that one tree. And the devil comes along and what did he do? He lied to her. And he deceived her. You can go to the New Testament and find that the woman being deceived was in the transgression. She was deceived. The devil lied to her and she believed it. She swallowed it. And his lie made that which was forbidden desirable. It was to be desired. She saw that it was to be desired to make one wise. It's good for food and it's pleasant to the eyes. The devil's lie made iniquity appear to be righteousness. That's what it still does. That's what the devil's business still is. It's to make you think that wrong is right after all. And it starts with, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with that? And then the second tier is, well, if that's wrong, then what about this? This is the devil's reasoning. When that's going on, that is a lying spirit. And where does that go on? In your mind. I've told you from the beginning of this. You know, people talk about hearing voices and all of that and and they try to make it some kind of a spook and booger thing and a movie scene like from Hollywood, but... When, when you hear that voice in your mind questioning what you know to be right and or you, what you know to be wrong and it's questioning what you believe about it, that's a lying spirit. That is an evil spirit speaking to your mind. You better pay attention to that. We've, I've hammered it and hammered it. It's helped some of us. Yes. It's made a difference. In praying for people, in dealing with people, in understanding people and what's going on. Now, in their life, in our own lives, it's been very helpful. Yes, sir. The devil's lies make God the epitome of evil and Satan the epitome of good. Mm-hmm. Satan in the garden paints himself to be the benefactor. He's the one helping this poor woman who's, being, who's been locked in a cage by God to see what she could really have. What she could really be. If he just wasn't standing in her way. He just don't want you to have this. It's the devil's lie. Yes, sir. He always goes at it that way. It always starts with our desires. And that's what he works on and uses to deceive us in our mind. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And sin, lust when it hath conceived, bringeth forth sin. And sin when it is finished, bringeth forth death. That's the way it works, James chapter 1. That's just how it works. Since we know this to be a fact, that it's clearly revealed to us repeatedly in the Bible. It seems like we'd be wise to the devil's tricks and avoid his lies and deception. You ever been lied to by somebody? Once once somebody lies to you, you don't trust them, do you? No, you don't trust them. Well, how in the world can the devil keep lying to us and we keep swallowing it? How we keep listening to it? He's so good at it. And we're sublime to his attacks that after 6,000 years, Satan is still ruining the souls of men by turning them against God with his lies. That's the only answer to it. What's the matter with us? That's why I keep hammering on this stuff because it seems like it's, it's something that you have to just keep putting in or it just slips away from us. We just fall back into our old ways and just yow-yowing at everybody and it's somebody's fault and and boy, I ain't worried about them. I wonder why they're doing that. We don't understand. Instead of getting our eyes open and being able to see what is really going on. It's like Elisha and his servant. He he was scared to death the servant was because they were surrounded by the armies. And, and, And And Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes. Well, when he opened his eyes and he could see the spiritual side of everything, that took care of the fear, didn't it? If we would just open our spiritual eyes, if you would look at this thing as a spiritual battle instead of a carnal battle, if we'd look at it as... as Is that instead of I've got to figure out and I've got to know and I've got to understand and I've got to do something, say something, give something to correct this problem in other people. If we get away from all of that and realize we're dealing with spiritual evil and spiritual deceit and lies. Mm -hmm. Man, it would help us so much in our life in raising our children, in our marriages, in our homes, in the churches. A lie begins with a spirit speaking to our minds. Now you know, I think about before I say something like that. Think about it. A lie begins when a spirit, an evil spirit, speaks to your mind. Does that all just, is that all coming from inside of us? Is that what that is? Lying and all that deceiving? No, you get some help. You got some help. Even children got some help. We've talked about, you know, why are children afraid in the dark? And where do they get these ideas of monsters and things like that when they've not seen anything like that? Where does that come from? Well, it comes from devils. That's where it comes from. And we ignore that and we say, ah, that's just all Spoken Burger stuff. No, it ain't. It's the reality of where we're at. And all Christians through all the centuries have always believed this. Jesus, when he walked this earth, that's the realm he worked in and prayed in and dealt in with people. It was a spiritual thing, not a carnal thing. He gave them bread and he healed their diseases, but it was a spiritual problem always that he was dealing with. A lie begins with a spirit speaking to our minds. We're constantly learning and taking in knowledge and seeking for things that are true. Now, hang on for a minute because I've got to clarify that a little more. But think about it. That's really the way it is. You're always trying to find out trying to find out how something works, how this works, what's really true, what are things I need to know. Where, that's what we're constantly doing from the time we're born and we start becoming aware of the world around us. Look at these little children. Man, they just drank in the world around them. Words and colors and pictures and everything to look at. It's amazing to me how they are so, how they're able to absorb so much. And how observant they are. These little ones, they don't miss a thing. It doesn't, they we can be in the living room and somebody in the... we got, You know, our house is the living room, the kitchen, and then the dining room. There's two, three rooms. Somebody can be in the back room talking. And the little kid in the living room, they're listening to what's going on in the living room. They're listening to what's going on back there. Yes. If something gets their attention back there, you know, they I've heard them answer. I've heard them, you know, run to see. They're just so hungry to understand and learn new things and find out how everything works. So we're constantly doing that. But here's the problem when it comes to God's truth, when it comes to morality, when it comes to what's really right and wrong, what's really true, most people don't honestly seek truth, but rather seek truth which agrees with their desires. That's what most people are doing. With the help of the lying spirits. Who will help you to twist your thinking around so that you can understand things differently. So that your truth agrees with your desires. No matter what that preacher said. No matter what that Bible says. It's like the guy told you, Gary, that... When he finds something in there he don't agree with, he just don't, you know, he don't believe it. But he claims to be a believer. See, that is a deceived mind and heart. Mind and heart. I ain't going to get into that tonight, but boy, I need to. Because that's how it works. You're first deceived in your mind and then your heart. And it kind of works together. Your heart helps your mind to be deceived. And your desires finally override what your mind knows is true and squeezes it and twists it and and arm-wrestles your mind until your mind just gives up, believes a lie. So, the devil exploits this weakness or this fault or this selfish attitude of ours to deceive us about what's really truth. He exploits that That fact that people are seeking after their own, they're seeking to justify what they want and trying to twist the truth and manipulate the truth and twist things around in their minds so that it'll be okay. The devil helps them do that. That's what happened in the garden. Eve, at the first word of the devil, she said it just straight out what God had said. Didn't she? Because the devil twisted God's words. He said, God said, you can't eat of every tree of the garden. (laughs) And God said, you can eat of every tree of the garden, didn't He? But the tree of life, which is in the midst of the garden, thou shalt not eat thereof. God said, thou shalt eat of every tree of the garden. And the devil said, God said, has not God said? That you... Uh, thou shalt not eat of every tree of the garden. You see the word twisting? You see the deceit? The it, How he twisted it around, it's like anti-abortion or pro-life, see? Yeah. It's that kind of psychology with words. Twist it just a little bit to put the negative on it. That's what the devil did. And she stood at the first. But it didn't take long until she was a-looking at that fruit. And she was listening to his lies until finally he just flat out contradicted God. He said, Thou shalt not die. Thou shalt not surely die. Because God knows that in the day ye eat of that fruit, you'll be like God's. So he accused God, he lied about God. He made God the bad guy. And she listened. She's listening. And where's all this going on? In in her mind. That's exactly where it's going on. And that's where it's going on with you and me and everybody else. That's where the battle's at. The devil exploits that weakness. That lying spirit engages our mind to debate with us about what's really right and what's really wrong. Just as he did with Eve in the garden. Oh, I wish I'd understood this 20 years ago. I wish... Under heaven, that I'd understood this twenty years ago, and somebody would have, uh, and and I'd have been able to tell somebody about it. I believe I would have helped some people. I believe there wouldn't be some people lost now in sin. A lying spirit is very subtle. That's what it started out in Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent is more subtle than any beast of the field. Subtle means sly in design. It means artful, cunning. That lion's spirit is very cunning. Do you know what that means? Knowing. Cunning means knowing. Skillful. Experienced. Well-instructed. It means deceitful. Trickish, employing stratagems for a bad purpose. He goes at it intelligently. It's not just helter skelter, whatever he thinks, you know, whatever falls off of his tongue. He comes at you with a plan, with a strategy, and it works. And he can tweak it to every individual so that it's more effective and more effective. Those lying spirits are not. Novices at what they're doing. They're not beginners. They're experienced. Cunning means experienced. They're expert at it. You need to really think about that. And they're very experienced at it. What they do, they do with great skill. You need to realize what your foe is like. You need to understand this about the enemy of your soul that he is very cunning. He's very experienced. You're not the first one that he has, has engaged. And he's had plenty of experience. And he knows how to do it. Very, very skillfully. And so, <clears throat> that makes most people vulnerable because they're so puffed up with pride and they think that they know so much that they can handle him. So, what they do, they do with great skill. Lion spirits. So every question, listen to me, every question put to your mind by a lion spirit has been used before and has proven, been proven very effective in twisting the reasoning, the perception, and the concepts of the mind. Those little questions you hear in your mind... People call them doubts. Those little questions in your mind are coming from a lying spirit. And they're not the, you're not the first one that's had those questions in your mind. And you're not unique to the human race. You're not the first one that thought of this. What's the matter with this foolish world? World full of fools. Think that after all these thousands of years, they're the first one thought of that. Why would God do this? (laughs) And you think you're the person who thought that. No, the devil's been putting that in people's minds since the Garden of Eden. Because it works so well. All right. Now, our greatest defense against this formidable foe is an intimate knowledge of the Word of God. Now, please listen to me for the next few minutes. I'm getting along fast here and we'll be done pretty quick but boy this is important stuff a casual knowledge of the word of god makes a person more susceptible to the devil's lies do you hear me just a casual knowledge of the word of god weakens a person to the lies of the devil makes you more vulnerable more Susceptible. And that's because people tend to think that they know all they need to know when they just know a little. Especially when it comes to concerning the Bible, what the Bible says and teaches. Y'all, stand with me. uh, Casual knowledge of the Word of God is all that most people have who sit in churches and claim to be Christians. And I'll stand right by that. I know that's the truth. That's all that most people have is just a casual knowledge of the Word of God. And I'll even go farther than that. Most preachers standing behind pulpits only have a casual knowledge of the Word of God. Very shallow. That's right. All they know is what somebody has told them. All they understand is what somebody else has passed to them for doctrine. And, and that's all they know. That's right. And they don't even know it. They've just signed on. it. They've just joined that group. That's just where they ended up. So that's what they are. They don't know why. They don't know. They can't take the Bible and show you anything. At best, these people are spoon-fed babes. I mean, I'm being very generous. As generous as I can be, this is the best that I can say. That they're spoon-fed babes who only know what they hear, taught and preached and talked about from other people. And y'all understand what I'm saying, this casual knowledge of the Bible. Most people, they're like this. They say, well, now I know it's in there somewhere. I don't know where, but it's in the Bible or somewhere. You ever heard anybody say that? Yep. You ever hear anybody say things that, that, they know it's in the Bible and it's not in the Bible. No. You'd be amazed at how much even among us, people have got ideas that are in the Bible that are not in there. Show me where Jesus fell carrying the cross. Go home study that out and bring it back and show me now where Jesus fell under the cross. It's not in your Bible, but it's a part of the resurrection story everywhere. <laughs> That's right. There's a lot of things like that. Lots of things. It's like uh you know when we were opening our gifts and I was reading my little deal I did in Sunday school when I was a kid you know they had the wise man and the shepherds all mixed together there I mean they, nobody really paid no attention back then that is a casual shallow knowledge of the bible you're wide open to the devil if that's all you've got i'm saying the most the most effective greatest defense that we have against this lying spirits of the devil is an intimate knowledge of the Word of God. I'm afraid that most of the time people who sit in churches or stand behind pulpits, I really believe that most of the time they're unconverted souls who've been deceived by the devil with their little bitty knowledge of the Bible. And the devil has convinced them that they're okay. How many people do you think are going to be standing there that day and say to, to the Lord, well, we did many marvelous works. I said the sinner's prayer. I did what they told me to do. I joined the church. Do you understand that that's the reality of it? I mean, that's where this thing ends. This lying spirits and the lying devil and deceiving people with their little bit of Bible knowledge. They're going to end up in hell. It's serious. I mean, it's the most serious thing that we can talk about. Intimate knowledge of the Word of God only comes from personal reading and study. You're not going to have an intimate knowledge of the Word of God. You're not going to have a broad view. You're not going to have understanding unless you read and study the Word of God yourself. It doesn't matter what I, Seth, Gary, anybody else we could have in here. You go to any church in the world, the biggest, best church there is with the wisest people, and they can't give that to you. Most churches are set up so that the preacher demands that everybody believe everything he says. If you don't, you're out. Well, now that's wrong. You ought to take your Bible and study what I preach to you so that you can understand that it is true. That ain't offensive to me for somebody to go study and see if it's true. As long as I'm staying in it as close as I can, I ain't got nothing to worry about. And when you find it out that the Bible really does teach that and, and it's from cover to cover. I mean, it fits everywhere it makes the Bible, it it fills out the puzzle for you, then that gives you a better understanding of the Word of God. You're not going to have it any other way. You're going to have to do it yourself, reading and study. Others surely do impress us, inspire us to strive toward this kind of knowledge of the Word of God. But they can't give it to us. I've always been inspired by people who know more. And understand more. And uh, you know I've seen like Brother Earl. I've seen people come up to him and say. You know Brother Earl just tell me something. Just give me something. A nugget or something. Uh, because. He knew some stuff. You ought to, That's good for us. To seek out people that are farther down the road. And, been, and know some things we don't know. But. What that ought to do is not just increase our database here, but it ought to inspire us to get in here and find for ourselves. The God of Moses is my God. He's your God. You ever think about that? (laughs) Where's the Lord God of Elijah? Well, you know how the old saying goes, where's the Elijah's of the Lord God? Mm -hmm. Same God. God. Yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. I can know Him. You can know Him. You can draw close to Him through His Word. Intimate knowledge of the Word of God is a body of understanding, not just a database of facts. You can go to school And you can go as many years as you want to. You can go four years. You can go eight years and get a doctor's degree and all that. But all you got is a bunch of facts crammed into your head. It doesn't do. And I'm not against it, but I'm just saying (laughs) that that's not it, man. You've got to get your nose in this book. You've got to have a desire in your heart to understand this book and to know. Know it. Not just know a verse here and there that backs up what you want to believe or what somebody told you to believe and you just search the Bible to to confirm what you already believe. You're never going to know it that way. And you're wide open to the devil to deceive you when you go about it that way, when you live that way, when you think that way. The more we read and study, the broader and deeper and wider our view becomes of God and what he's done, and man, and what he's done. (laughs) I hope you're hearing. The more you study, the more you read, the more you understand, it, it widens out your view. And the more this view and understanding grows, the harder it is for the devil or anybody else to lie to you and make you believe it. When you begin to get a grasp on the whole book of God and the truth, then then the devil comes along with his lie and it just does not fit. It just don't fit. It stinks. There's a stink to it and you know it. I mean, you just run it through and it don't work. Because this, this, that ain't, you know... God said, you shall not eat of that tree. But the devil came along and she changed her mind. It's because a lie will not fit with the truth. And if we know the truth intimately, we recognize it immediately. Jesus said, sanctify them through that truth. Thy word is truth. So how are we sanctified? I mean, how is it that we understand? How is it that we are kept clean? (laughs) By the word of God. And it's not magical. It's not some kind of a spell that we get or medicine we take. It's the knowledge of the truth. You shall know the truth. Know the truth. Not just... Have the facts. That's not what that means. You shall know the truth. This is the truth. Know it intimately, understand it. The whole thing. Get a grasp of the whole work of God. That's why you throw out the Old Testament, you don't understand. You got to be, that's where all the beginnings are, that's where all the foundations are. You don't understand the New Testament at all without the Old Testament. That's why, I've, you know, it's been a, it changed my life preaching through Genesis for three years. It gave me understanding that I never had before. It opened my view. It expanded my view to understand what God has done through this whole thing what he's doing right now, because I can understand what he started back there. He just expanded the view of the whole thing. And then everything started fitting where it belongs. And so somebody come along and tell me something that's all wamper jawed, if you know what that means. It don't fit. Too much truth here. Too many things that I know what the Bible says and how they fit together and how they depend on and how they're interwoven with each other. That ain't going to fit here. But if I don't know all that, if I don't know anything, if all I know about Genesis is in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Everybody knows that. It's like I told you the other day, verse 2 is our memory (laughs) verse, you know. And I said everybody knows that because everybody started to read the Bible through and they get past they don't get very much farther than that. Everybody's read those verses. You've got to have more than that. So, if we've settled for a shallow knowledge of the truth and the Bible, it's easy for the devil to slip one in on us and, make, and it makes sense to us. Just look at the world around us. Look at what they're believing I mean, we spend the rest of the night here talking about this foolish world around us and what they're believing and what they're refusing to believe. Think about it. They're upside down, bad. They call evil good, good evil. They deny the obvious fact and believe a fantasy instead. Like male and female. Yeah, try that on. And so many other things. They just, It's just so absurd what they believe. Because yes, the devil is... I mean, this is our... And the power of darkness, buddy, he's able to deceive. What was the verse we read there in Second Thessalonians? Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. You know what happened to them? They believed a lie and were damned, condemned. So don't settle for a shallow knowledge of the Word of God. Know this book and don't know it by some uh, predetermined, prescribed, uh, doctrinal... Framework. I mean, you got to read it and believe what it says. Not, not be contained in some cage, doctrinal cage. I know that, boy. That worked some people the wrong way. I'll tell you one thing. But it's the that's the truth. I read a thing years ago. And this guy had it. Boy, I mean, he really spelled it out. He was very uh, skilled in the wor- way he worded this all out. But he said there was, a, there was this preacher. and he said he's in his study. And he belongs to this denomination. And they have their creeds and their doctrines and all that. He's reading his Bible. And all of a sudden he comes across a verse that just directly contradicts what his denomination says is true. He knows that it's contradicting what... And he can't reconcile it. He can't explain that verse away. He reads on and finds some more. Now what's he going to do? What is he going to do? I mean, everything's at stake. I mean, probably his retirement and all of his friends and all of the people he's been associated with through the years and, and besides the things that he's preached that this doesn't agree with. Now what's he going to do? You know what most of them will do? What's going on when that happens? (laughs) Yeah. Well, he, he just made a point that how evil and how wicked it is when somebody sees... The truth. And they squelch it and deny it and go on. Now what's he going to have to do when he gets up and preaches the doctrine that he knows the Bible contradicts? What's he doing? He's willfully lying to people. For his own hide. For his own selfish interests. For his own pride. He's willing to let other people be deceived and help them be deceived and deceive them himself when he knows in his heart that it's not true. true. You believe people do that? I know they will do that. I know people personally who've done that very thing and still doing it. And who will tell me privately that they don't believe that but they'll preach it anyway. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes when they face God. Let me tell you right now. So, this is an area where we're left on our own. Y'all need to realize this. I believe this is right. God doesn't intervene and miraculously save us from the deceit of the devil. God will help us in a a lot of things. But when it comes to this, You either got to trust God and be faithful to God or you got to believe the lying spirit. God didn't intervene while the devil deceived Eve. Why didn't God just come down and say, Whoa, stop! Get away from her! But you think He's going to do that for you. While you sit in your private secret place with these questions in your mind and this debate going on in your mind, while you're while you're listening to the same spirit that spoke to Eve in the garden, that's right. while the same serpent is beguiling you, and you're sitting listening, and you're looking at what he's telling you to look at, and you're thinking about what he's telling you to think about, and you're swallowing his lies that you're going to be you're better off and you're smarter than other people, and you're not just no dummy that's just going to believe everything everybody else believes him. <sighs> God's not going to come and intervene. God has given us the truth in written form that He has guaranteed it's going to stand forever. They've tried to burn this. They've tried to do away with it. They've killed people by the multitudes through the centuries for over this book right here. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but these words, they're, they're not going to pass away. Nobody's ever going to destroy this book and rid the universe of it. God's word is his eternal word. It will stand forever. God's given us that. No excuse. God's given us 6,000 years of testimony and example so we can know the truth. What's this great cloud of witnesses? <laughs> we got a great cloud of witnesses. We've got a great cloud of people that we can look to through all of the ages who've served God, lived for God, been faithful to God, didn't believe the devil's lie. We don't have an excuse. God sent His Son to earth so that we could see Him with our eyes and hear Him with our ears. And God's revealed Himself to us and put His Holy Spirit in each true believer that Jesus said would guide us into all truth. Now isn't that what He said? Didn't He call the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth a number of times in the Gospel? Yes, He did. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And He lives in the believer. Then how are you going to... What what else do you want God to do? You want Him to just grab you around the neck? Put a harness and a bridle in your mouth? And hold you by force? He ain't going to do that. So when the devil comes to us in our mind and starts telling us these lies, we have no one to blame but ourselves when we allow him to persuade us with lies and entice us to leave our God. It's no wonder God calls it adultery because that's exactly what it is. Let us gird up the loins of our mind and keep our own spirit and learn all we can of God and His truth. As it is revealed in His written word, not out of the imaginations of our own heart or the imaginations of other people's hearts. It is written. It is written. That's how the de- that's how the devil was resisted by the Lord Himself. When the, when the devil tempted the Lord, His answer was, "It is written." But how did what did the devil say first? "It is written." Yeah, sure Beware. What do most people do to justify their sin? How do they justify it? They scour the Bible trying to find a verse that will back up what they're doing. Well, David committed adultery. You know. Well, what about Moses and what he did? This and that and that one. You ever hear people do that? Yes! I've heard it from the pulpit justifying sin because some, well, some of them did it. <laughs> Do you ever think how that's going to hold up before God? You think God put that in the Bible so we would know that about them so that it would justify our doing it? Are, you, are we that nuts? Are we that deceived by the devil? But that's how it is. <clears throat> but the devil used the Word of God to tempt, try to tempt the Lord. That's what he did in the garden. The first words out of his mouth was a twisted, a twist on what God had said. Yea, hath God said. The first words out of the devil's mouth. So if the devil's going to deceive you, how's he going to try to do it? Well, most likely with the word of God. Better be careful who you listen to. Better be careful who you read after. Better take everything with a grain of salt. You better not swallow everything that everybody pokes at you. That's right. Now I'm talking about religious stuff, spiritual stuff, Bible stuff. You're living dangerous if you're li- having a smorgasbord of listening to all these goofballs on the radio and the TV and everything else. Uh-uh. Better... <laughs> Most of them are the devil's advocates. That's right. That's right. They sure as the world are. Don't listen to them. You can get messed up real easy. Take heed to those voices in your mind asking those questions and trying to draw your attention in a different direction. Hmm. I've watched it for 45 years. I've watched how people do in church. I've watched people come and go and come and go. I've watched people get started and never make it. And this is why. This is why. Lying spirits. I I haven't even begun to make it as serious as it needs to be tonight with this matter. Beware of the world's encouragement to be a critical thinker when it comes to God's truth. I see it all the time. You know, teach your children to be critical thinkers. That's the voice of the devil. You all hear me? You better teach your children to be believers in the truth, not critical thinkers. Critical thinkers, I preached on that here a few months ago. Critical thinker is somebody who doubts everything. Critical thinker is somebody who don't believe anything. That's the baseline right there. You don't believe anything. Until it's proven. But nothing's ever proven. Because everything's, when you're a critical thinker, you always question everything. I think it's nowhere in your Bible. There ain't no such thing as critical thinking in your Bible. The only critical thinking is towards the world. You better not believe anything they say. You better question everything they say. You better question everything that comes to your mind that's contrary to God yes, sir. and contradicts God and contradicts what you already know. That is a devil talking to you. Yep. So you better be critical there. But when it comes to truth, you got no right, I got no... Ain't nobody got any right to question God's truth. Thus saith the Lord. That's it. You got no reason to say, "Well, but why?" How you like having your little three-year-old kid does that to you? Why? And then advocate critical thinking. Teach your children homeschool that homeschool thing. And that's what they're always that's their deal. Teach your children to be critical thinkers. Well do you see that generation? come to fruition. What? They won't honor their father and mother. Their teeth, their jaw teeth will be like swords. They'll be filled with violence. They won't believe nothing. They won't love nothing. They won't have any respect for anything. They'll be void of truth completely because they question it, question everything. That's the devil. Yeah, hath God said. When God says it, you better believe it. God says it don't matter if you believe it or not. It's the Word of God. I've been reading Jeremiah. And that's, Jeremiah was just faithful. Bless his soul. He wouldn't back up an inch. He told them the truth every time. They put him in a dungeon. They put him in a deeper dungeon. And he sunk in the mire. And the old king was such a wishy-washy, spineless thing. The bad guys would come to him and say, you better put him in a dungeon because he's working against us. So in the dungeon he went. I wouldn't oppose you, the king said to them guys. And then somebody else came and told the king, Jeremiah's going to die if you don't get him out of there. Okay, get him out. Give him some food. <laughs> then he came come to Jeremiah, called him secretly and said, tell me again what the Lord said. Jeremiah told him this is exactly what the Lord said. You either surrender or you die. yeah the Word of God's the Word of God. ain't nobody going to change it. The devil's not going to change it. The only thing he can do is lie to you about it. Deceive your mind about it. Get your mind all messed up to where you don't understand. don't believe anything. The only way you're going to understand is to read the Word of God and study it for yourself and get some understanding. Beware. Unlying spirits. The devil's going to lie to you. How many times has he lied to you already in your life? Every bad thing that's happened to you has been a result of the devil's lies. To you or to somebody else around you. When you see somebody so messed up in their sin and stuff, look at all these drug heads and meth heads and drunks and everything else. Do you know what's happened to them? The devil lied to them. And with no knowledge and no understanding and in darkness he just takes them captive at his will. And so here's the warning tonight. I mean, it's to everybody. The devil's after you too. Don't think just because you're saved as, a, as a Apostle Paul that the devil ain't going to try to lie to you and deceive you and ruin your life and ruin your family and ruin everything. It's foolish to think that way. He's constantly, he never gives up. He's relentless. He never sleeps. He never tires. And he never gives up. And it's all in between your ears where he's working. Guard up the loins of your mind. Don't be that city who's without walls, broken all down, no defenses. Guard your spirit, guard your mind, keep your spirit. Fight. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Resist him. Just know. I know this voice. I know what's going on. Recognize it. Learn to do it habitually in your mind. Don't let your thoughts just run wild and free will. Stop it. Pay attention. Put a guard there to watch. A watchman to keep up with what's going on in there. You don't just leave the doors open and let him come at will. <clears throat> he'll be in before you can he'll be in so far you can't get him out if you don't do this battle. If you don't fight this battle. Fight this war. All right, Father, thank you for the word of God. <clears throat> thank you this for this truth we've looked at here tonight. And Lord, it's something that we need so desperately. I wish everybody could. Here and understand these truths here tonight, and and put them to work in our life. That we'd be mindful of it, that it wouldn't just wear off and we'd forget so quickly. The admonitions here and the and the understanding that's here for us. We see it, we get a hold of it, and then somehow we just it just slips away from us in a few days, and we're back to the same old thing. Please help us Lord, <clears throat> it's the battle of the ages and we're involved and I pray you'd help us to be good soldiers, faithful servants and help us to resist the devil in our lives. We know the time is short and he's on a rampage and he it's a dark hour and his, his power to deceive is is breathtaking really if we look at it as it really is. Protect us, Lord, I pray. Protect our children. Help us to walk close to you and know the Word of God as it is in truth. Go with us now, I pray. Bless and get us home safely. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the help in Jesus' name. Amen.